Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. A man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village where Mary and her sister Martha lived. Mary would later pour perfume on the Lord. She would also wipe Jesus' feet with her hair. It was her brother Lazarus who was sick in bed. So the sister sent a message to Jesus. Lord, they told him, the one that you love is sick. When Jesus heard this, he said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it's for the Lord's glory. God's son will receive glory because of it. And Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So after he heard Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short time ago, the Jews there tried to kill you with stones. Are you still going back? And Jesus answered, aren't there 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks during the day won't trip and fall. They can see because of this world's light. But when they walk at night, they'll trip and fall. They have no light. After he said this, Jesus went on speaking to them. Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, he said, but I am going there to wake him. And his disciples replied, Lord, if he is sleeping, he will get better. And Jesus had been speaking about the death of Lazarus, but his disciples thought that he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your benefit, I am glad I was not there. Now you will believe, but let us go to him. Then Thomas, who was also called Didymus, spoke to the rest of the disciples. Let us go also, he said, then we can die with Jesus. When Jesus arrived, he found out that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, good morning. It's a joy to have you join us today. My name is Paul. I am the senior pastor here, but I am not going to be the one preaching this morning. We have a special guest by the name of Reverend Dr. Larry Goss. Now, a little history on our relationship, my relationship with Pastor Goss. It was, I think, March or April of 2020 when we were early in the pandemic, and I called a mutual friend, Craig Tuck, who oversees a network of churches and church plants here in Charleston. I said, Craig, uh, we're stir crazy. We want to go be the hands and feet of Jesus to our city. Who else is in and wanting to do this? He said, I think you need to talk to Pastor Goss. And since that time, Pastor Goss and I have become uh, good friends. And moreover, our church has come alongside his church and served the poor by feeding them once a month. And I think to date, we've probably handed out over 100,000 pounds of food uh, around Greater Charleston. I know it's been thousands of meals, and it's been in very cold weather, and it's been in very hot weather. Anyone who's joined us, can I get an amen? I mean, wow, it's been hot at times. But uh, here's the two things I'd like you to know about Larry. First, he's a son of the city. He's a son of this city. Who here is from outside of Charleston? Raise your hand. Guys, turn around. I want you to see our church community. Virtually the entire congregation is from outside the city. But today we have the honor of hearing from a son of the city, someone who grew up downtown, some challenging circumstances, but God has raised him up. 
into a special position of leadership. And we're honored uh, that he's going to share God's word with us today as a son of this city, a city that we're called to seek the peace and prosperity of. Second, he is a man or leader of sacrifice. Not only has he helped feed the sheep or feed the need over the last year and a half, but uh, you might not know this. He used to lead one of the largest congregations in this city. And God called him to place that down, to go back to the neighborhood that he has some connection to, and to take over this little boarded up church building that had been shut down. So he took down the boards and he brought some leaders with him and some families. And Destiny Worship Center is now a thriving congregation because of Pastor Goss and uh, your family's faithfulness. So. So with that, it is my joy and honor to welcome Pastor Larry Goss to our pulpit. Let's give him one more round of applause. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning. Let me try that again. Maybe this mic's not loud enough. <laughs> good morning, good morning, good morning. Amen. can't look in that direction because <laughs> there's some folks with me from Destiny and the family that's just, they know how we worship and how we praise. Okay, and they do get loud, so I just want to warn you. I'm letting you know now, so if you want to snatch some cotton balls up in the ears, go ahead and do so because that one and that one, they get loud. I'm not going to call them out like that, but I'm just going to tell you how it is. Amen, amen. Uh, again, thank you all, especially you, Pastor Paul, for this invite. Allow me to just to come and share with me at this 11 o'clock service. Now is my family right there. The other one, uh, we took her back to college yesterday, and I booed on the way coming back. So. so, But the other ones are here, and they couldn't make it this morning because... LJ operates the sound system at Destiny, so he had to be there. But they're here with us uh, this, at this service. Here, then, cousin of mine here, Michelle, Sherry, one of the, <laughs> one of the loud ones there. <laughs> I can say that to her. She has good. Next to her is uh, Deidre. She's actually the director. She's the director of the Feed the Need, Feed the Sheep Ministries. So she's out there working past the gym, so you got a chance to see her, right? She's right there, okay. <laughs> and then uh, Trenton and Dez over there with us as well, with us as well. And as Pastor Paul said, each month on the third Saturdays, we're out there uh, making preparations to feed the need, feed the sheep out there. Again, thank you all for coming out, for those who come in and uh, serve with us. We just want to, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you uh, for all that you have done and are still doing. That's, uh, is that Aaron over there? Uh, Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> Ryan, where's Aaron? He's not there. A couple of people. Ah, oh, there you go. A couple of people I've met over the years of serving. Ryan and Aaron and Mr. Jim and uh, Molly somewhere and Leslie somewhere. And, <laughs> few other people I've met over the couple of months, past year and so forth. Uh, Aaron has been very instrumental in helping us refurbish a house. Um, 
which is now in the House of Hope with him and whoever worked with him, teamed up with him. Ryan, of course, has been out there on Saturdays with his team with that feed. The sheet got them, got them rolling. <laughs> you know, so uh, thank you all, thank you all, thank you all. And I would be remiss if I didn't recognize a family who has taken us in as a family. Not only do, have they allowed us to come to their house with the guys on Tuesdays to have men's study and men's group, not only do they provide a meal for us once a week, you know, um, they have actually taken us in as family, and I want to recognize they're, they're here now, uh, Ms. Catherine and Bill Reed. I'm right there with you all just. <laughs> thank you all so much for adopting us. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Again, Pastor Paul, One Fellowship, thank you so much, thank you so much. As we prepare to hear the word, just want to get a couple of housekeeping out of the way, okay? If you want me to hurry up and get out, I just need a few amens, <laughs> and I'll be out of your way. <laughs> now, if we have to do a dry run to see how this works, we'll certainly do that. If I say, and the church say, you say? Amen. A little bit louder. If I say, and the church say? Amen. And the people of God say? Amen. And all God's children say? Amen. I'll get out your way. We do that. I know you're connecting with me at that point. <laughs> amen. 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 From the Gospel of St. John, chapter 11, which was read earlier. Was that by Leslie? By Leslie. Man, I tell you what. <laughs> um, just want to read a couple of passages of that scripture uh, that we are going to glean from here in a minute. It reads, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village where Mary and her sister Martha lived. Mary would later pour perfume on the Lord. She would also wipe Jesus' feet with her hair. It was her brother Lazarus who was sick in bed, so the sisters sent a message to Jesus. Lord, they told him, the one you love is sick. Notice they didn't call his name. They said, the one you love is sick. There's a reason why. Then Jesus heard this. He said, the sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory. God's son will receive glory because of it. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So after he heard Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. Why would you do that? This guy is sick, the one you love. Why would you stay away from for two more days? He needs you. And then he said to his disciple, let us go back to Judea. Why would you stay away for two more days when this guy is sick? We're going to talk about the waiting season just for a moment here. Now, I believe that at this point, uh, these the siblings are going through a waiting season. There's several seasons in life that we go through. Yeah. There, there's the dry season. There's, there's the due season. There's the grinding season. There's the spiritual warfare season. There's the testing season. There's the trial season. But we're going to talk about the waiting season. 
A waiting season is never a wasted season. Amen. Somebody say amen now when you get out of here. <laughs> Maybe you're waiting for God to do something in your life right now. Maybe you're waiting on God to turn that situation around. Maybe you're waiting on God to step in when the doctors have stepped back. Maybe you're waiting on God to touch the heart of your child, your sibling, your spouse, so that they would come to faith in Christ. Maybe you're waiting and waiting and waiting, and you've been waiting and waiting and praying and praying, and nothing has happened because the situation is still the same. And now you feel like all hope is gone. But let me encourage you on this morning that God always has a good reason for making us wait. See, I believe that uh, waiting is one of God's tools that he used to develop his people. Somebody say amen. Amen. The Bible is full of stories, full of people having to wait on God. Abraham waited. Moses waited. Joseph waited. Noah waited. Somebody say amen. Amen. David waited. Daniel waited. Paul waited. Even Jesus waited. And the question is, what do we do while we're waiting? First, I believe that while we're waiting, I want you to understand that we continue to pray because God hears our cry. Next, we should watch with expectancy, but be prepared for an unexpected answer. Next, put your hope in his words. Next, trust in the Lord and not in your own understanding. And finally, see it as an opportunity to experience God's goodness. Somebody give God some praise in the house now on on this morning. Is is there anybody here who is in a a waiting season? Somebody say amen right now. In this text, in this text, in this text, these siblings were waiting on Jesus. They were in a, a waiting season. They were waiting on Jesus to come and heal their brother. And when he finally shows up, he is accused of taking too long. Wait a minute. Now you're going to accuse this man of taking too long. He may not come when we want him, but he's always on time. The text says that a certain man, a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, and the village of Mary and his sister Martha. So the sisters, they sent a message by some messengers to Jesus, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. And if you notice, notice, notice the close relationship between Jesus and Lazarus. Because in the message, they didn't even call his name. They just said, the one you love. They, they, they were concerned about his health. And they knew that Jesus was somewhere healing people. 
So when Jesus heard this, he said, oh, the sickness will not end in death. No, it's for God's glory. God's son will receive glory because of it. So they waited and waited and waited and waited and waited and waited. But Jesus didn't show up. The next day, the next day, uh, they, 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 they thought that Jesus was going to show up, maybe by lunchtime. So lunchtime comes and goes, and the evening comes and goes, and still no Jesus. They can't believe that Jesus didn't show. So what do we do when God doesn't show up when we want him to? Oftentimes we start questioning our faith. Then, then our faith uh, becomes a little weak. Somebody say amen now. Then, then we start saying things like, God, I'm a good person. God, I go to church. And God, I serve. And I, I give money. And I help others. And, and I listen to gospel radio. I even tweet a Bible verse to my friends. I do all these things because I love you. But now I don't know what to do. I want to give you two things that I hope will build your faith in the middle of a waiting season. The first thing is, is that God's delay is never a denial. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Just because God hasn't done it yet doesn't mean he's not going to do it. Just because he hasn't answered the prayer yet doesn't mean he's not going to answer the prayer. When God is silent, doesn't mean that he's absent. Thank you. I'll say that again. <laughs> when God is silent, doesn't mean that he's absent. In fact, sometimes we experience what is called a divine delay because he has a different purpose for us. Mary and Martha is crying out, Lord, Lord, you, you've got to come here. Lord, you, you've got to get here. We need you to heal him because without Lazarus, we would be lost. But time goes on and goes on and goes on. Two days have gone by and three days have gone by and still no Jesus. Lazarus is really sick, really sick. So, so, so he fights for his last breath, and then he dies. And these sisters are thinking, I can only imagine, they're thinking, uh, where is Jesus? I can only imagine them saying that he's out there healing Roman soldiers. He's out there doing miracles. And, and at the same time, the one who he loves, he didn't show up. So after Lazarus died, Jesus decided it's time to go there to wake him up. So then he told them plainly, his disciples, Lazarus is dead for your benefit. Matter of fact, I, I'm glad I wasn't there. And one of the reasons I'm glad I wasn't there, because now you will believe. So, but, but let us go to him now. When they got to Lazarus, he found that the funeral had already happened. Mm 
found out that Lazarus was in the dead, in the tomb for four days. Why four days? Because four has a significant. We got to understand is that uh, Jewish, Jewish people believe that once a person dies, their spirit lingers over the body for three days. Then they believe that uh, the spirit was confused and tried to re-enter into the body. But by the fourth day and on that fourth day, the spirit finally understands that all hope is gone. Martha heard that Jesus was coming, so she went to meet him, but Mary remained seated in her house. Martha said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Just like Martha, we expect the Lord to meet our demands. We expect the Lord to meet our expectation. But let me share with you that if God always meets our expectation, he'll never have an opportunity to exceed them. So Jesus gave Martha a glimpse of hope. He said, your brother will rise again. And now Martha is a little confused. She said, she said yes, yes, yes. I know he will rise again in the, in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said, no, 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 no. You don't understand. See, I'm going to be glorified through this because you thought that what you wanted would be best, but I have something even better for you. She said, Jesus said to her, I, I am the resurrection. I've got something better for you. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believeth in me, though he die, yet shall he live again. Somebody give God some praise now. So I'm about to take my seat here in a second. So Martha and Mary were expecting a healing. But Jesus planned the resurrection. Uh, what they wanted was good, but Jesus planned uh, was far better. I'm getting ready to take my seat now. But there was, uh, 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 I don't know who I'm talking to, but there, there was a certain job that, that, that you wanted and that you didn't get. But nine months later, you got an even better job. See, the other job that you wanted, uh, you thought was good for you, they began to downsize. They began to lay off. But Jesus had something even better for you. Somebody give God some praise in the house now. Yeah, we, we have to be grateful that God doesn't give us what we want, but he supplies everything that you need. So with a loud voice, Pastor Paul, with a loud voice, he got to the tomb, Jesus that is, looked at the tomb and said, Lazarus, come forth. This man, still bound with grave clothes, hands so bound and legs so bound with grave clothes, face so wrapped with grave clothes. Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. This man came, <laughs> hopping out the tomb uh, with some grave clothes on. Uh, I want to share with you on this morning, uh, if you are going through a waiting season, Go ahead and trust God uh, because it's working for your good. Uh, and in a waiting season, don't lose your faith uh, because it's working for your good. Uh, in your waiting season, please know that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and is called according to his purpose. Uh, 
in your waiting season, God is still in control. In your waiting season, he gives power to the weak. In your waiting season, those who have no might, he increases their strength. In your waiting season, even your youth may faint and be weary, and your young men may utterly fall. But in your waiting season, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They're going to mount up with wings as an eagle. They'll run and not get weary. They'll walk and not faint. Somebody in this house on this morning, somebody in this house, you're in a waiting season. But I've got some good news for you during your waiting season. In your waiting seasons, he's pruning you to become what he wants you to be. In your waiting season, if you're in the waiting season right now, it's working for his glory. Somebody give God some praise. In your waiting season, uh, you're going to come out of this season. And when you come out the season, you're coming out uh, with new hope. Uh, is there anybody here need some hope? Uh, in this waiting season, you're coming out with new joy. Is there anybody here needs joy? In your waiting season, you're coming out with more love. Uh, is there anybody here who needs more love? In your waiting season, you're coming out with new peace. Uh, somebody give God some praise uh, because Jesus, I said Jesus, uh, Jesus was in a waiting season. He waited uh, for three days, uh, but after the third day, uh, he got up uh, with all power in his hands. He went through a waiting season. He waited one Friday night. Uh, he waited one Saturday, but early on a Sunday morning, he got up from the grave uh, with death in one hand uh, and the grave in the other hand. He got up with all power in his hands. There's hope in your waiting season. Thank you for allowing me this opportunity to share, Pastor Paul. <laughs>